It's that time, the Betting Predators Podcast, where our main objective is hunting down the best bets for you. I'm your host, Sleepy J. You guys can find me on Twitter at SleepyJ underscore pregame. Joined here by the MMA guru, Mean Gene. You guys can find him on Twitter as well at MeanGene0022. And you can find us both on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. All right, Gene, here we go. UFC Fight Night. This will be on Saturday night at the Apex in Las Vegas. I feel like like this is a pretty decent card here. A lot of people talking that this card is uh, rather weak, but maybe it's just because there's a lot of names on there that I'm familiar with and a lot of fighters that I've seen before. Um, So I'm kind of interested in this one. So I'm glad we have a a little bit of time here to go ahead and chop this up. Before we jump into this card, let's go back to last week real quick. Uh, Pretty good good card, actually, for, for the both of us. We gave out a lot of winners in that one. Uh, it was Izzy and, and Bohovic at the end there, and you and I both fell on Adesanya, and uh, he came up short. I felt like he left a little bit on the table, Gene. I felt like, you know, he could have used some more leg kicks. I felt like he could have, you know, put put Bohovic maybe in a, in a situation where he could have shelled up and maybe unleashed his entire arsenal. He looked a little reserved to me. I'm not sure if you felt the same way. I certainly thought Bohovic beat him. I think the two takedowns. You know what? What really what sealed it? I didn't agree with the judges' scorecards. I thought they were kind of crazy, but um, you know, had we hit that Izzy fight, man, we would have had a really, really good card. But I felt really comfortable, you know, after you know that the, after the podcast and then after the results, you know, that we came away with some solid work. Um, you know, at least a profitable card. I felt good, but man, I really wanted to hit that Izzy fight. I'm not sure how you felt about that one, but what did you think of his performance? And then you know, all the other fights that were going on there. How'd you feel about that entire card? Yeah, I thought that he uh, came into that to that fight with the same kind of game plan that he had with um, Romero, where he wanted to bait um, his opponent into you know throwing, and then he could counter. And Blahovich, I thought it was just a great game plan on Blahovich's, and um, he didn't get sucked into that. Um, you know, he was able to land some shots and utilize his his um, takedowns and expose Adesanya. Adesanya um, normally does really well with takedown defense against the cage, but we saw, hey, when he's in the middle of that center of the octagon, he gets taken down, and it's hard for him to get off off of his back. And I just thought Jan had a really good game plan. Adesanya, um, like I said, was trying to I- implement that Yoel Romero type of game plan, but you know he didn't have Yoel Romero that was willing to dance with him. Blahovich wanted to, you know, he wanted to win. You could see he was like, I'm not going to sit back and let Izzy pick me apart. And um, it would have been nice, you know, of course, betting on Adesanya, it would have been nice to see him um, be more aggressive. And I, I agree with you. I mean, he he was winning rounds. I did think going into the fifth round, it was tied two to two. And then Blahovich clearly won that fifth round. But Adesanya, yeah, he just seemed, I, I wonder if the, the weight, you know, and, and the weight um, difference and the power difference is what he was um scared of and i think if he could have done it again i think he would have been more aggressive in that fight so um but you know no, no harm in moving up you know he's trying to be great he moves up to to light heavyweight um doesn't get the job done but um his legacy is you know pretty much solidified and he's gonna go back down the middleweight i think he'll have some success down there again so um the the rest of the card it was just a good card in general it started off with five finishes um and then the main event was left something to be desired a little bit, um, considering um, the names on paper. Um, would have liked to see some more finishes and things of that nature. But I thought overall it was a very good card. Um, 
and you know some interesting you know that the Jan Sterling was an interesting fight obviously interesting finish but um it, it was a fun card I, I definitely enjoyed it yeah the Jan I I wish that one would have finished because I think that you know you like Jan and I like Sterling and I think you know it was it was pretty much clear if you watched the fight that that Jan was eventually going to you know take over midway through that fourth round and probably more than likely just dominate the fifth. I think there was a good chance that Sterling might have even gotten knocked out because, I mean, he flirted with disaster here for a couple minutes, and I'm just like, dude, you're going to get knocked out. And then, you know, I don't – what the hell was he thinking, dude? Like, you know, look, we're not fighters. We're not out there. We're not in the heat of the moment. But, you know, you throw that knee, and, like, it has to cross your mind. Like, I'm doing the wrong thing here regardless of what your what your corner's saying or, or or anything like there has to be a common sense factor in it and i get it like we're not fighting we don't really understand what's going through their mind and you know it, it's a very quick process but like how the hell do you throw that freaking knee like that um and I mean, clearly sterling was you know he was whacked out i mean you saw him laying around for a while um i don't know man like what did you think about the knee? Like, obviously it was illegal, but like, can can you even justify like you know not doing it? But can can you make any type of justification for making an error like that? No, I can't. I mean, you're the champ. You know, you've been in MMA. You know, for however long you've been in MMA. I mean, he, he and and you're given the rules in the back. You know, he he should have known. I I still to this day don't understand why he threw it. I, I've heard some rumblings. His corner was saying something he didn't understand and thought they were saying knee. Um, also with the hands, they maybe got confused that, you know, um, Sterling's hands were up in the air and he was thinking, hey, you know, because you'll see a lot of the fighters, right, they'll have one knee on the ground and they, they always touch one of their, their hands or fingers down to the mat um, to indicate, hey, I have two points of pressure on the mat, you can't knee me. So I don't know if he got had a brain fart in that sense, but it's just – it's it's not excusable. I mean, it's just not, um, and it sucked as a better, you know, that was one of my most confident picks, even though it was such a quote unquote close fight on, on paper, but you know, he was taken over. He, you know, he, I had him up, you know, three rounds at that point, maybe it'd be two, one. Cause maybe, um, Sterling won that first round. I could see um, someone giving Sterling the first round, but he was about to win the four. So he was going to be up three, one. And then, like you said, I mean, it looked like he was, um, going towards a finish probably in that, in that fifth round. So it was, it was tough, tough, tough pill to swallow. I'll tell you that is a better of Jan, but yeah, I don't understand why he did it. And what bothered me most, a lot of people were giving Sterling slack. I mean, I understand, you know, it's life changing money. If you have the title, man, you're getting pay-per-view buys, you you get more money. Um, the incentive is for, you know, the, the illegally struck fighter to, you know, say I can't continue. Now we saw that with John Jones and Anthony Smith. Anthony Smith decided to continue on, and he ends up losing. You know the fight, but you know I don't fault Sterling. I mean, the atmosphere presents that it's not on him to decide if he he can continue. It was an illegal knee. What I would like to see moving forward, though, is a no contest, or at least like going to the the judges' scorecards at that point in time. Um, I think the best thing to do quickly is. It's a no contest. So give it to Aljamain Sterling. You won. Jan, you have a loss on your record. But um, Sterling, you don't get the title. And so that way the fighters aren't incentivized. Hey, I'm up three rounds 
um, to one, and I'm just going to need this guy, and they're going to go judge his scorecards, and I'm going to win. You know, it's an easy out. Um, you could see how you know that would get a, a little shady. So I just think they should just do a, you know, if if you if you're not going to go to a no contest route, which they could have done in that situation, if it was on accident, they would have gone no contest, and then you know it, the belt would have stayed with Jan. But because it was so egregious. Um, rightfully so, he was disqualified. But I'd like to, moving forward, I would like to see them change the rule and just have them end up, um, you know, whoever through the illegal knee loses, but the belt doesn't change hands. It's just, you know, you just do an immediate rematch. So, um, but to quickly answer your question, yeah, I have no idea what Jan was thinking at all. I think we'll see a rematch between the two of them. I think that it's probably going to be the best paycheck that they get because it was, you know, it was widely televised. Um, it was talked about. So I think Sterling getting in there, regardless of who has the belt, doesn't matter. Um, I, I think both of those guys are going to be in line for a bigger paycheck with a rematch than no matter who they were going to face anyway. I mean, would, would Jan, you know, make more money against, you know, let's just say Sanhagen stepped in there or something like that. Like, no, he's going to make more money against Sterling because of the way that that one ended. So um, those guys, you know, they're, they're going to get their money one way or another. Nunez got her money. Um, that was quick work from her. Uh, we had a, a nice bet on Cruz that we hit. Uh, actually, Nunez, you hit, I think you, you gave out the submission. Um, sure enough, that went, you know, I think what she, uh, arm bar or something like that. I think she locked up. Then we had a couple other fights go the distance and a couple other decisions that we, we had there. I was just, I was really upset that we didn't hit that Izzy fight, man. I was so pissed because I was rolling along um, in that card, but it is what it is. It was a, it was a good day, profitable day. We had a, a nice winning podcast and we'll go and we'll try to do the same again for you guys. We got uh, three, six, we got six fights total here. We'll go ahead and preview. Gene, let's start out with the first one here. Eric Anders, he's going to be plus 155 underdog here against Darren Stewart. Darren Stewart, right around minus 180. I have a couple fights here that I think will go the distance. This is going to be the first one. I think this one goes the distance. I'm going to go ahead and play that at minus 182. I feel like this fight will be rather close. Both guys, I feel like they could both do some damage. But I don't see, like, nasty KO power from either guy. I don't see elite wrestling or submission game from either guy either. So I just feel like the safe bet for me here, even though it is a little bit chalky, I'm going to go ahead and play Anders and Stewart to go ahead and go the distance at minus 182. What do you think about that one? Yeah, this is an interesting fight just because the line was was closer, and, and I think the movement is is spot on. I think Darren Stewart is the better fighter here um, and just more well-rounded. Um, he, when it, comes to, when it comes to Anders in particular, there's a lot of hype behind the guy, but he just, you've watched, he's had a couple fights where he's looked spectacular, but for the most part, he just doesn't throw enough volume. You know, he's he, he's slow, methodical on the feet, but he doesn't throw enough. He gets hit a lot. He's tough, so that leads to your um, to your um, decision uh, victory prop. Um, Darren Stewart's tough as well, strong chin. Um, he does have knockout power. That's the only thing I will um, disagree with you on. Um, Darren Stewart definitely does have knockout power, um, but Anders is tough. You know, Anders can take a punch, so I, I don't see him getting knocked out, but – um, I think Stewart is um, the rightful favorite here. He's He's been getting better. Um, he's had some issues in the past um, with his gas tank and his ground game, but he seems to have worked on that and gotten better with it. Um, 
So I, I think he's I think he's just gonna grind out a decision victory here. If not, knock out Anders on some like flash knockout, but I lean way more towards the uh decision victory. Um as for Anders and as for Anders, the main reason he just doesn't do enough on the feet. Like the skills are there, you know, the body type's there. He just doesn't do enough. It's you know, he gets picked apart, he loses the fighters that he shouldn't be losing to. And I just think he is what he is at this point in time. He came in with a lot of hype. The UFC tried to build him up, um, especially when he fought Leota Machida. And he's just he's just not that fighter. You know, he's just a solid, athletic um, fighter that I don't see him moving up the ranking. So uh, rightfully so, Darren Stewart is the favorite here. And, and that's my pick. All right. Well, I hopefully your, uh, your, your, your call maybe that this one goes to the decisions right because I, I want to go ahead and cash that go the distance. Let's jump into the next one here. Uh, we got Manel Cape. He's going to be minus 135 against Matthias Nicolau. I have a feeling like I'm making a rookie mistake here. Maybe I'm going off of perception. Cape to me, man, like he just looked boring against Pantoja. You know, you called it when that fight came up that you liked Pantoja a lot. I think that was actually your best bet on that particular card. You know, I'd probably take the dog here at Nicolau. I wonder if Cape, you know, even belongs here. Um, because the, you know, what he showed me in that last fight, it just, it bored me. Um, he looked like, I don't know, man, he looked like the type of fighter that, that just, he just went out there and just, maybe he had nerves. I don't know, dude. Like maybe he just had nerves. Maybe, maybe that was kind of his issue. I think the only reason why I have pause here on Nicolau to, to, to do anything more than a pizza bet is the fact that. You know, Cape was just in the ring. And if it was nerves, maybe he comes in here more confident. And some of the things, you know, that we've seen on tape from him in the past, uh, maybe they come true in this fight. I'm not sure. But until he actually goes out there and shows me, you know, that he's interesting, um, I don't want to put my money on him. So I'll go ahead and I'll play the small dog here in Nicolau. I don't have a strong handicap on him. It's just Cape just did not impress me. And if he comes in and he looks the same way that he looked against Pantoja, I'm afraid that he might end up losing. So um, that's what I'll do. How are you feeling about that one? Yeah, in that Pantoja fight, it didn't go the you know I picked Pantoja as one of my my best bets, but it didn't go the way I thought it was going to go. I thought Pantoja would just take him down because that's the issue with Cape. Um, great striker on the feet, spectacular, but when it comes to his ground game, especially off of his back, he's just not good. He gets controlled. Um, and he loses rounds. And I thought for sure that's what Pantoja was going to do. He didn't. He actually stood with him and struck with him and out, just outvalued him, outvalued him, which was surprising to me because Cape is a very good striker, a lot of volume on the feet. But I think um, I'm going to have to agree with you. Um, I do think he was the nerves. I think the nerves um, hit him in his UFC debut. He's going up against a tough um, fighter and, and top five fighter in Pantoja in the division. I just, you know, maybe the nerves got the best of him. It was a close fight, um, but he did lose that fight. In, in, in this matchup in particular, it's kind of the same situation almost, except with a not as good of a striker in Nicolau. Um, Nicolau is, is definitely good on the ground. Um, uh, you know, Brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioner. Um, on, the, on the feet, I think he can hang on the feet. Um and he probably has more pass to victory because his grappling is better than Cape. But the question is, um, you know, will Cape allow him to get him to the ground? Um, obviously, Cape's going to continue to get better, young guy. And um, 
you know, he has shown in the past that he can at least attempt to stop takedowns, but once he's taken down, then it's all she wrote. So if Nikolai was able to take him down and, and stay on top, I think he'll win rounds and potentially get a submission. If it stays on the feet, I think Cape, you'll see a better showing from him in this one. Um, I think he realized, like, man, if I would have just struck more, because he was landing on Pantoja in the last fight. If he just would have thrown more, he would have won that fight. He just didn't throw enough and allowed Pantoja to just kind of dictate the center of the ring and throw more. So um, I just say, Nikolau, I'm staying away from this. Um, I I lean I lean Cape, um, but I do think Nikolau is a, a live dog here for sure, given the fact that you know he can easily take Cape down and dominate him um, from on top. So, but my straight play, you know, just a straight pick is going to be um, Cape in this one. I think he does enough on the feet and ends up getting his first UFC victory. You know, after listening to you talk there, it's not that you talked to me out of Nicolau, but you talked to me into probably going ahead and doing the right thing, at least for me, and that's probably going ahead and passing the fight. You know, you do make a good case, though, because I have to go back to what I saw with Cape, and he did stand there, and, and you know, he got outstruck. He, it, was, it was the volume kind of thing to me. It was just more of the boring type of fight. But the more that I think about it, and I said it in my own handicap, like I felt if it, it was nerves, and if – if he comes in here and he, and he feels good about himself, like, you know, hey, I hung with, I mean, what's Pantoja like, you know, fifth or sixth in that in that division. If he feels good about his performance, I think that's the most important thing he could take out of that fight. And if he does come into this one and be like, hey, you know, don't if he's not hanging his head, you know, maybe he'll go and, and he'll have a much better performance. Maybe it'll be the performance that, you know, you were, you and I both kind of thought that, that maybe we might see, you know, in his last fight. So, I don't know, man. Maybe I will just end up passing this one. As a, and and I think Nicolau's live as well. But I think maybe the right wager for me, you know, after hearing you talk about it, might just be to go ahead and pass. Uh, I certainly won't pass the next one. This is probably going to be one of my. Actually, this one won't be my best bet, but I will give you guys a best bet in the Ige Tucker fight. Now we got Jonathan Martinez in this one. He's going to be a big favorite here, Gene. Minus three ten, plus two fifty here for Davy Grant. Here's another one. I'm going to go ahead and play this one to go the distance at minus 152. I think Martinez, he's going to enjoy beating up Davy Grant a little bit, but Grant could go ahead and I think he'll take a beat. But I just feel like this is probably going to be a lopsided win here for Martinez. Um, the odds are telling me that, but I don't want to lay 310 because, God forbid, you know, Grant goes out there and throws a bomb or a haymaker at Martinez and, you know, he gets caught. But I feel like both guys, you know, could beat up each other and just keep, you know, you know, chewing through the rounds. So I'll keep it short and sweet here. I'm going to go ahead and play this one to go the distance, minus 152. How are you feeling about Martinez and Grant? Yeah, the odds are, are spot on. I, I think Martinez deserves to be this big of a favorite. Um, he's the much better striker here. Um, the fight should be contested on the feet. You know, he's, he's a very striker. He's a lot of tools. He's a young fighter. He's improving. Um, and the other, the key here in this matchup for me is that you know, he does a pretty good job of, if he is taken down, of getting right back off. And even just defending the takedowns as well. But if he ends up getting that, getting taken down, he does, like I said, I'm repeating myself, but he's, he's doing a good job of getting up. Davey Grant, hey, he's a solid wrestler, um, and that's his path to victory, is taking Martinez down. I don't think he's going to be able to get in on Martinez to take him down. And also, Davey Grant just doesn't utilize that aspect of his game anymore. You know, in, in his last few fights, he just, he stays on the feet and, and likes to strike. 
Um, so I, I do not see this fight going to the ground at all. Um, Davy Grant's just not that fighter anymore. I, I see these guys, this being contested on the feet, going back and forth. I think Jonathan Martin just p- pieces them up from the outside, and I can definitely see it going to a decision victory. Um, main main reason is Davy Grant's never been knocked out in his career. Um, he has, you had, hey, pardon me, he has lost, um, obviously from decisions and from submissions. John, Jonathan Martinez is not looking to sub anyone. He's looking to just, you know, piece you up throw multiple um, strikes on the feet. So, and I think he's going to try to show off in this fight. You know, he's on the main card. Um, he's a, he's an exciting fighter. And I think you'll see him just kind of pick Davy Grant apart on the feet. So I have Jonathan Martinez winning this fight. Um, and I do think that your uh, going to a decision prop bet is a good, is a good play. Cause I don't see Davy Grant knocking out Jonathan Martinez and Davy Grant just doesn't get knocked out. He's never been knocked out in his career. So, it's, that's a good prop play on your end. All right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and give you my best bet prop in the next fight here. we got Dan Ige. He's going to be minus 150. Gavin Tucker, plus 125. My best bet for this podcast. This one's going to go the distance. I feel really good about this one. You're going to have to throw, you know, you're going to have to lay a little bit of chalk on this one. This one's, you know, minus 230 to go to distance. I feel like maybe use this in a parlay, too, if you want to. Um, you know, maybe with with one of the bigger favorites, maybe you can use Martinez in there um, to go ahead and, and not put yourself in a, in a position. But to me, Gene, Ige's just a tough dude. You know, he really pushed Calvin Qatar, which I actually did not think he would push him all the way to the edge. But he did. Um, you know, he went the distance against Barbosa, Ige. You know, he's on a four fight streak now that have all gone to the cards. And Tucker, you know, three out of the last five fights or him have gone, you know, to the cards as well. I, I didn't know who to pick in this one, so that's kind of why I fell, um, you know, on the distance. And the more I just thought about it and started looking, um, it was just – it was easier for me to go ahead and, and play to go the distance minus the 230. If I was really forced, you know, gun-to-head type of thing, I probably would just take Ige. I feel like, you know, he has the better resume. Um, I don't know, man. I, I just feel like – like I, I – I, I don't want to put myself on an island to go ahead and, and pick him. I feel like go the distance is probably the best bet for me um, on this entire card. So that's what I'll do. How you feeling about Danny and Galvin Tucker? Yeah, I don't think that's a bad bad bet. Uh, <clears throat> pardon me. I don't think that's a bad bet uh, on your end. Both these guys are tough. It kind of reminds me of the, the Jimmy Rivera and Pedro Munoz fight that we just saw a couple weeks ago. Um, both guys super tough. You know, both of them can wrestle and strike, but you already know where the fight's going to be contested. It's going to be on the feet, and both these guys are just going to take damage. Um, and they're not going to, you know, they're not going to go out. And, um, yeah, I, I don't think that's bad on your end with that prop play. As for the, the fight, um, Dan Ige is just he, – he's levels above Gavin Tucker. This is a big step up for Gavin Tucker, and this is going to be the fight to show – or this is the fight for him to prove that you know, he is, um, you know, one of the top featherweights and that his current little streak is, is legit um, because Dan Ige is no joke. I mean, like you you mentioned, he fought Calvin Cater five rounds, um, gave him hell, won, won a couple rounds in there. It was a pretty close fight um, regardless of, you know, losing a unanimous decision. He fought Barboza, um, beat him there. He, he's, he's fought the who's who in the UFC and in that division. And I just, I, I, I feel like he's going to get the victory here. Um, minus 152 
or whatever the odds are um, are at. Um, I think those are it's a good line for him and for uh, Gavin Tucker to be a slight underdog because I can see Gavin Tucker beating them. Gavin Tucker has a path with the wrestling. I don't think Dan Ige will allow him to get in on him, and even if he takes him down to be able to hold him down. But Gavin Tucker is more technical on the feet with the striking. Um, Dan Ige has bigger power, but then Gavin Tucker has um, wrestling if he wants to go to that. But um, like I said at the beginning, I think this would just be contested on the feet. I think these guys are going to go back and forth, and it's going to be a close um, decision victory for one of them. So I'm going to stay away from the fight because it, it's honestly a coin flip fight for me. Um, but I lean Dan Ige in this one. All right, good stuff on that fight. Let's jump over to our, I guess I will call this one the co-main event here. You got Misha Serkinov. He's going to be minus 130 against Ryan Spann, who will be plus 110. Uh, I'm probably going to go the route that you did in the last fight. I'm, I'm more than likely probably going to pass this one. My gut feeling said don't take Spann. You know, I've seen him fight in his last few fights, and I haven't been overly impressed. You know, Serkinov to me, um, he's just maybe a few ticks better here. If I was going to bet this one, maybe I'd just bet, you know, maybe I'd just bet Serkinov here. That's probably what I would do. Um, I don't think I would go ahead and take Span. I'll let you go ahead and decide whether I pass on this one or not. If you're on Span, uh, I won't bet this at all. Um, but I'll let you go ahead and, and rip a run on that one. How are you feeling? Yeah, it looks like you're going to, you, you'll be betting Serkinov here because, uh, yeah, this is one of my plays, um, um, you know, one of my top three plays of the night. I like Serkinov here, man. Um, he's simply the better fighter. Um, he's he's better. He's better striker, more technical striker. He throws varied strikes on the feet. Um, when it comes to grappling, I mean, it's it's not even close in this matchup. I mean, he's a far better grappler. He has a judo background that he utilizes really well, um, and he's very very active um, in the top position on the ground, where he he often passes guard and gets submissions and. And his opponent, Ryan Spann, Ryan Spann, the positives, he has legit knockout power, um, and he can easily, easily take out Misha um, with one punch because Misha has been hurt in previous fights. Um, Ryan Spann also, does a, he's a little bit better with being active on the feet in the sense of moving forward, you know, throwing strikes. Misha is, like I said, is more of a varied striker, so he throws kicks, punches, elbows, things of that nature, but... Ryan Spann, at least, you know, he's going to keep up that activity and kind of force Misha to be active because Misha can kind of be, you know, too passive sometimes on the feet. But, um, yeah, when it comes to, like, where I see this fight going, I, I, I foresee these guys kind of feeling each other out for the beginning of the first round and then Misha just getting in on him quickly, trying to lock up, you know, a body lock and, and, and tripping this guy or judo throwing this guy to the ground and trying to lock up a submission. He's he's stronger than Span. And it really just comes down to the mental aspect of Misha's game. I mean, Misha was one of the higher uh, – or one of the um, better prospects in the light heavyweight um, division when he first came into the UFC. And he uses – he utilizes wrestling a lot when he came in um, on the regional scene and then as he got into the UFC and he had success. Then for whatever reason, you know, he went up against some of the – the, the upper echelon of the uh, division. And when he got into compromising positions, he kind of just accepted it. And that's the only thing that I do not like The you know, well, I should say the two things. One, he could be knocked out obviously from Span's power. And then number two is Span gets him in the compromising position. He kind of just quits or folds. 
Um, he has done that in the past. I don't like betting fighters like that, but when I analyze this fight, it's just like the disparity in in skills between these two fighters is just too big for me not to take Misha Serkin off. I just I think his grappling is going to be the difference here. So uh, I'm going to play him. You know, I'll, I'll put a unit on Misha for sure um, to to get the victory over Ryan Spann. I think he'll do it inside the distance. If you go and look at the odds in this fight, inside the distance is like minus four fifty five or something. So. You know, uh, Vegas is telling you that this fight is not going the full three rounds, whether it's Misha locking up a submission or Ryan Spann uh, knocking Misha out. So um, just something to, you know, be aware of. But I got Misha here. All right. Well, I feel pretty good, at least. At least my lean was, you know, kind of in the right direction. So uh, I'll go ahead. I'll follow your, your recommendation on that one. Let's jump into our main event here. Leon Edwards against Bilal Muhammad. Edwards is going to be minus 240. I feel like that's just too high. But I feel like Muhammad is is live here. I feel like he's just going to go out there and really just – he's going to look to push the pace, and he's going to look to, to rough Edwards up as much as he possibly can. Um, I don't think he'll be timid. I'm just worried to go ahead and bet, you know, a plus 220, 220 dog in, in the uh, – I'm just a little worried to go ahead and bet a plus 220 dog you know, in the title fight. I should have did it last week, but oh well. I don't want to get into that again. But I feel like Muhammad's live. That, that's just me. Um, it would be a pizza bet on Muhammad, and I would probably sit on the edge of my seat just waiting for him to either get knocked out or get subbed or just get whitewashed, you know, on, on the cards. Um, it would be a very small bet, a pizza bet at best um, on Muhammad. That's all I really want to do. I really debated on passing that one, but I just feel like it's a title fight. I want to have some action on it. And if I'm going to put some action on it and not be 100% comfortable, it's only going to be a pizza bet. But I like what I've seen from Muhammad. I think he's a tough dude, confident dude. So that's what I'll do in that one. How are you feeling about Edwards and Muhammad? Yeah, I like I like Edwards here. Um, I, I believe in him. I, I think he is legitimately, you know, top one, two in, in the division um, and probably should have fought for the title a long time ago. But, you know, COVID kind of screwed that up uh, when he had a big fight against Woodley and, you know, he, he couldn't come to the States and fight Woodley because that would have been a big name on his resume before we saw the Woodley that we, that we now have come to. Woodley would have been a big, big name on, on his resume um, at the time. Cause that was before we saw, the Woodley that we've witnessed the past couple fights where he's just getting blown out the water. So Leon Edwards is legit. He's um, very, very good striker on the feet. He's just a complete fighter. He's, he's well-rounded, very good on the feet, good grappling, good takedown defense. He can take, he can take down his opponents. Um, he throws really good elbows. That's one of the um, best strikes or one, uh, one of the best tools in his arsenal is when he gets in close when they're grappling, he does a really good job of, of throwing elbows. Um, Bilal Muhammad, yeah, I could see why you believe he's a live dog. Um, tough dude, going to come forward. He's always in your face. He's a good, good wrestler. So um, if he if if he implements the relentlessness um, that he that he has shown in other fights where he's just in your face and always trying to go for the takedown against a guy, Leon Edwards, who hasn't fought in almost two years. Um, so he might come in with some ring rust. 
I just think, you know, you know, skill wise, um, athleticism and just pedigree wise, I, you know, Leon Edwards is in, in another stratosphere, I think, um, below Muhammad, I, I commend him for stepping up on short notice and finally in Edwards and that might help him too. You know, he, he just recently fought like a month ago or whatever it was. Um, so that might be a positive for him, but I just think Leon Edwards outclasses him, um, over the course of five rounds. Um, yeah, I, I think he outclasses him. All right. Well, solid information for that card there. Going to go ahead and wrap this one up. Make sure you guys go ahead and check out that UFC fight night on Saturday night. Uh, big thanks to Gene for jumping on the podcast. Hopefully we'll go ahead and have another productive and uh, profitable card for you guys. You guys can follow me on Twitter at SleepyJ underscore pregame. You can get Mean Gene at Mean Gene 0022. And you can find us both on the best sports betting information site on the web pregame.com with that said i'd like to wish you guys all the best of luck enjoy the fights